This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Know what's happening? It's 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 time to get in the huddle with Carl Duke, Brian Baldinger, and Jason Lacanfora. I remember being out at training camp, guys, and in talking to Harbaugh about you know what 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 he expects from Todd. You know what what is this offense going to look like? And he goes, well, you know, Baldy. I mean, I see four or five different tempos that we have. We're going to play with tempo like they did at Georgia, Carl, right? Yeah. Yep. And we're going to see short passes and long runs, you know, West Coast offense principles. And like, yeah, okay, like that's a good start. That's good for Lamar. Let's get, you know, let's see what Zay Flowers can do. And, you know, I met him at that in training camp. And you're like, he's just, he's an impossible kid not to love. I mean, personality, uh, work yeah. ethic, the whole thing is great. But this thing has evolved a lot from, I mean, they throw the ball down the field. I mean, they're, they're big chunk passing offense. I mean, Lamar has taken off and he is, yes, he can still, he's still dangerous if he wants to pull the ball down and run or if they design a quarterback keeper, but I mean, he's beaten teams with his arm and it, he is, he's, he's really gotten good. And so this is a dangerous offense that I think the Texans are going to struggle to slow down. Jason is, is justice Hill, the, the kid, is he healthy? Do we know he is? Yeah, no. I mean, I, I think the only real question here, I, I, yeah, I mean, the, the only the questions that we're hearing, um, I think Kyle Hamilton's good to go. You know, they've got a decision to make on Mark Andrews, who's ahead of schedule. Like, do they hold, like, I don't even hold them back is probably the wrong term, but, like, do they act out of extreme caution? And even though he looks great, in, you know what I mean, in, in practice one week doing everything, do they say, look, we got a pretty good thing going with Likely and Kohler right now. You know, we, we, our, our manifest destiny is the Super Bowl and maybe a weekend of recovery and rehab, one more week of practice. Now we get Mark Andrews back for the championship game, and we're not worried about a pitch count. We're not worried about this or that. So, you know, that's a decision to be made. Kyle Hamilton looks good to go. You know, Zay Flowers and Marlon Humphrey haven't practiced that much, but the sense I'm getting is, you know, those guys are, are, are on target. For Saturday, um, no, they they should be they they should be pretty healthy. I mean, that this should this should be. I'll put it to you this way: they should be much healthier than I think they were going into that Tennessee game in 2019 that everybody talks about, where Andrews clearly wasn't ready to play football, where Mark yeah. Ingram clearly was was really banged up, um, and where they had some issues defensively as well. So. And guys, I'll, I'll just tell you again for the Lamar Jackson skeptics or for those who think, you know, they sent Lamar Jackson's passing prop at 225. 
just going to tell you, I put a whole lot of money on that, and I ordered it up to 255. Like, <laughs> Lamar Jackson threw for 2,060 yards against playoff teams this year, right? Just against playoff teams, 67% completion, 2,060 yards, nine air yards per attempt, 16 touchdowns, five interceptions, a 109.9 passer rating. He ain't going out there to run for 100 yards, folks. He's going out there to throw for 300. Like, th- th- like, I mean, no, this, this, uh, from week this, this 10 is... to week 17, week 10 to week 17, he had 13 completions of 30 yards or more, fourth most wow. in the NFL. Like, yeah. And I keep stopping at 17 because he didn't play in week 18 because he was the MVP and week 18 didn't matter. So he got it off. But I'm just telling you, Baldy, would you be surprised if the first play of this game is – Lamar Jackson under center play action, 40 or 50 yard shot to Bateman or nope. Flowers or whoever. Nope. I, I, not at I'd all. I'd be surprised if it's not that. Yeah, no. I've seen too many, too many examples of that early in games right now. Guys, I want to spend just a second while we're talking about the Texans Ravens. It's in the huddle, guys. Subscribe, like us, tell your friends. We're talking playoffs. We've got a big offseason. Once we get past the Super Bowl, we don't stop. John Harbaugh. We talk about all these other guys. John Harbaugh, he just continues to do this. Personnel has changed. Coaching staff has changed. Harbaugh's been the consistent. Let's just talk about his his input and his journey here while his brother is a hot commodity right now in the NFL, right? And everybody's talking about Jim. How good has John been, guys? Well, I think, you know, the one thing that I – I think that Jason backed me up on this is he's never been afraid to change. You know, I mean, they change coordinators, mm-hmm. you know, and you know, Wink Martindale was popular. Hey, you know, he had the number one defensive Baltimore, for, but he changed, you know, and Mike McDonald's has been a good change and he's not putting these corners on islands the way Wink does and where, you know, Marlon Humphrey is still a good player, but he can't run the way Marlon Humphrey did when he came out of Alabama. And so you you go get Kyle Hamilton out of Notre Dame, but then the coordinator really knows how to use him. I don't know if Kyle Hamilton was in Philadelphia, if Kyle Hamilton would look like a defensive candidate for being the MVP the way that they use him. They know how to use the personality, but that comes the personnel, but that comes with coaching and coaching changes and and a vision for how he wants his team to play. I mean, nobody has gone through running backs the way Baltimore has. Look, it's unfortunate. They've lost. They've had a lot of guys go down because of injuries. And this was a run-heavy, dominant team. But they're not now. And you can maybe Dalvin Cook becomes a factor in the postseason. Who knows? He's there if they need him. But I don't think it's, it's, it's going to come to that. And nobody has juggled offensive line the way the Baltimore Ravens have. And so I give John credit because he's just kept this thing on, on track. And, uh, and, it, and it looks like the other part to me, Jason, is, you know, John can be as tight as anybody. But it looks like he's enjoying yeah. this ride. To me. And I think yeah. that sort of rubs off on a lot of the players. Yeah, I, I, I agree completely. And I, I do wonder, Baldy, if there's a part of him, as much as he loved Greg Roman and, and Link Martindale, um, and and he did, I and they were established coaches, obviously. But I think there was a part of him that felt strategically he might have had to manage them even more because they were so stuck in their ways. Like Greg Roman had one 
way to run an offense, right? And I think there were times where Harbaugh's like, man, this is a little extreme. We need a little more balance, right? And he'd try to like maybe massage them or talk them through the week. But when we get to Sunday, Greg Roman's calling with Greg. Same thing with Wink. Wink, I love I love all your creative blitzes, but there's a time and place for everything. Anthony Averett on an island, you know, against Odell Beckham five years ago in prime Odell probably ain't the way to go. You know what I mean? Like there's got to be another way. We get to Sunday, it's more the same. I feel like part of the reason he's enjoying this so much is like even though McDonald is not what he's been a coordinator for two years, and even though Todd Munkin just got there, like these guys have adjusted. These guys can shape shift a little more. Like I feel like he doesn't have to manage their tendencies as much. And I'll say this about Harbaugh: they've gone through a lot of offensive coordinators here, um, and not many of them have worked. Like Kubiak was really good, right? But like Tressman, like we can do a long list. Like we 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 can go through. A whole bunch of them. This group, what he did, I, I think was a masterclass in reinvention. The Munkin hire inspired. Bringing McDonald back from Michigan inspired. Going and getting Denard Wilson from Philadelphia when Howie messes up. They don't. They messed up. They should never let Denard Wilson out of the building. Denard Wilson should have been their defensive coordinator. Keep it in-house. We had a great thing going, right? Okay, they lose him. Philadelphia secondary falls apart. Baltimore secondary, the best played around here in forever. There was a lot of heat on Harbaugh for a long time with his strength and conditioning coach, Steve Saunders. You can go back to last year, Google Steve Saunders NFLPA survey. The guy got an F minus. That's how much he was hated in the locker room. Like when that first came out, nobody got it worse than Steve Saunders. And thank God for Ravens fans, they did that survey because that was enough for Harbs to say, I got to get this guy out of my building. The guy who started the COVID super spreader in the training room in 2020 got fined and suspended by the league. Harbaugh brought him back, fully embraced him. Like he should have been gone then. But he finally did that. The issues in the secondary, right? Denard Wilson, Mike McDonald, they couldn't get pass rush. They couldn't develop pass rushers. He goes outside the box, hires Chuck Smith. Don't do your camps anymore, brother. You do all that in-house. Bam. What do we have? Kyle Van Noy, Fountain of Youth, right? Jadavion Clowney, maybe his best season ever. Owe, when he was healthy, started to come along. Like, all those hires were totally inspired. He changed his spots. He went outside of that, you know, Jim Harbaugh, John Harbaugh, Stanford, 49ers, Ravens, Cocoon. And I, I think the staff changes he made were master class. Now, he might lose some of those guys. Like, Denard Wilson's running somebody's defense next year. Maybe it's here if McDonald leaves for a head coaching job. You know, and we'll see where that goes. But Harbaugh won't get – he won't be within a country mile of this head coaching, you know, of the year discussion. But he should be. I just want to add one last thing, and we'll talk about the, the Packers 49ers. Everything you just laid out is exactly what Bill Belichick didn't do. And that's why the last five years have been what they've been in New England. Everything you just talked about, he was reluctant to do. It's in the huddle, guys. We are not disrespecting the Texans, but the story is the Ravens. They are the number one seed. They have all the pressure on them, guys. We expect the Texans to play really well, and in fact, they could win. But I'm not going there. I don't think that happens this weekend, but I want Texans fans to go, well, what about our team? You guys are great. D'Amico's great. CJ's great. But the pressure is on the Ravens. And if they blow this, they'll be talking about how they screwed this up. All right, let's talk about the Packers. It's the 8 o'clock game Saturday night. Baldy, this Jordan Love, man. This, this 
what he did against the Cowboys, I mean, I know you've broke the tape down. I, I found myself rewinding during the game and watching his eyes and watching his motion. The kid looked unbelievable. And I don't know if he takes that to San Francisco, but Baldy, he's doing some things. Well, San Francisco has struggled against some quarterbacks this year. I mean, they went to Minnesota. Kirk Cousins carved them up. Uh, Joe Burrow came to San Francisco and carved them up. Even Baker Mayfield, in a game where they lost, he still completed a lot of passes against them. They're his own team. And, I mean, even last week, week 18, Carson Wentz came down there against their number one defense of San Francisco. There was Bosa and Freddie Warner. They're all out there, Traverius Ward. And they went right down the field and scored against them. So, you know, if you're getting rid of the ball quickly the way – and if you can buy time the way Jordan Love can, maybe Bosa and Armstead and Chase Young, maybe they don't affect the game the way they want them to. Uh, you know, Nick Bosa told me, look, you know, I can't get sacks. I can't be the defensive player of the year if the quarterback isn't holding the ball. I can't get there. You know, so it's just a, re- a fact in reality life. Jordan Love does one thing in his mechanics that not many quarterbacks do. And it's interesting to watch, Carl, is most quarterbacks, if they feel pressure, if they see color, they go, they bail to the right or to the left. Jordan Love will simply just back up. He'll just back up and buy time because he trusts his arm that if he's got to make the throw to Dontavian Wicks in the end zone, he's got the arm to whip it and get it there. And he did. And it's, you know, you could have Micah Parsons coming right at you or Dorrance Armstrong like you did last week. And that one step back to make that throw is all he needed to make the throw. And so uh, he, he's, in a, he's an elite player. The Packers got this right. Um, it is interesting in their 30-year history that you go far, you draft Aaron Rodgers, he sits three years. You go Aaron Rodgers, MVP, Super Bowl. You draft Jordan Love, he sits three years, and here's Jordan Love. Most teams don't have the foresight to draft a guy for three years down the road. It might piss off your quarterback. You know, <laughs> you know those things do happen. Um, yeah. but, they, but, you know, the Packers have gotten this right. And they continue to get this right. And they're not supposed to be here, Carl. It, 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 it's a year too early. But that's Matt LaFleur. Because it used to be in the hierarchy of the Packers, Jordan, you know, Jordy Nelson had to wait his time. And Devontae Adams had to wait his time yeah. to become the, the, the elite receiver that, is, that they became. Well, they didn't have time to wait. You know, but here's Romeo Dobbs. You know, and here's, you know, uh, Jaden Reed and Dontavian Wicks, and here's Musgrave. Like they did it in real time, and you got to give Lafleur and that organization a ton of credit. But they're here, and they what they did to Dallas. I don't think anybody could have foreseen, but that they dominated that defense, dominated them, and Aaron Jones run the ball as well as anybody. They're going to give San Francisco all they can handle offensively in this game. 